the most important thing to take into consideration when you're doing a film or if you're doing a project, if you're writing an album or recording an album, is finding the right people to work with, making that connection, finding someone that understands your vision, finding someone that, honestly, someone that you want to spend a good 12 hours a day with, you know, in multiple weeks. And if you're doing a film, it's like, man, if you're doing like the Lord of the Rings, how many years were those guys all trapped together? Fascinating, right? Uh, well, that's what today's show is all about, is listening to a connection being made, finding out how a director makes a connection with an actor. And I'm very excited about today's episode because I have been working on this one for months. This has been something that I have been, I think I went back and looked at the, the messages that we've been communicating back and forth. This has been quite some time to get this episode happening, but I'm excited and she's on. Very cool, really great person to hang out with, really cool person to talk to, and incredibly talented. Today's guest is an actress. Today's guest is being broadcast into all of your living rooms right now. If you guys have, if you're one of the few millions that have a subscription to Netflix right now, and you have watched the film I Am Mother. Now you know that I've already had the director, I've had Grant on the show for my mother. And uh, you know how much I like the film and how great I thought it all came out. And one of my favorite parts of this movie was the performances. Now, Hilary Swank's in this film and she kills it. We talk about that on this episode, how uh, I, I hate to say it, I hate to admit it, I forgot how great she was until she wasn't there anymore. And then she showed up in this film. It was like, what did Hillary do before this movie? Uh, and then she showed up and I was like, man, she's destroying this. Her presence on screen is amazing. She's like Linda Hamilton from Terminator, but better, right? Really cool bit. And the other person that really captivated me, that kept me in this film, that made me believe that the robot existed, was today's guest. That's Clara Rugard. I'm excited to have her on the show. Uh, she shows up and we talk about everything. We talk about everything acting. We talk about everything uh, creating projects. I bring her a little perspective from a director. She brings me some perspective as an actress. We talk about food. We talk about bar safaris. That's right. Bar safaris are back on the show. <laughs> it's been a while since I've uh, talked about one on the show. We talk about that. We talk about, uh, we both share uh, the same issue the fact that we we moved here right before the pandemic so she is a new resident of los angeles as are we here on the show and uh you know we both are dealing with the depression that we haven't had an opportunity to become la douchebags we've been on lockdown so we get into that this is a fun episode uh this is one of my favorite episodes and i know that uh, she's listening to the show you were great on this one um, because I, I feel like I made a really good, strong connection. And um, I think you guys can feel the same way. And this is just, this is like the best case scenario, right? For a podcast, this is the best case scenario. As a director looking for an actress, this is the best case scenario for any of those things. Finding a human being and trying to make this connection, which is incredibly difficult to do during quarantine because we're just doing this over the internet. And I don't, this isn't a Zoom call. I don't see her face. We're just listening to each other, which is so fascinating. 
and I love it. I love how well we seem to be connected to the show. And I hope you feel the same way. So get ready. And those of you who have been following the show, those of you who have been enjoying the new run of episodes for 2021, I told you the guests are getting better. I told you that the episodes are getting better. I'm sitting here at home in socks with rolled up pants trying to make entertainment for you guys. Trying to keep myself sane in this crazy quarantine world that we're living in and just crossing my fingers and waiting for the vaccines to be distributed so that we can get back to work. I can make a fucking movie. Um, but I appreciate you guys being here with me. And uh, big shout out to all of you who uh, are were a part of the contest last week for the movie tease, the movie tease contest. By the time this episode comes out, I should have announced who the winners were. Big congratulations to whoever that is because I'm recording this at a time. Big congrats to all you guys. Uh, and uh, I was very happy at this point, because it's still pretty early on in the contest that I'm recording this, you guys have been giving me a lot of really great uh, scenes. Because the contest essentially was go through MovieT's website, they have a list of amazing films, and I tasked you all with coming up with the best shot scene from that list, which is insane. That's like me saying you have two kids, figure out which one you want to shoot. That's that kind of question. That's a hard question. Um, so thank you guys for being involved. And those of you who are like, Mike, what the fuck are you talking about? Go to my Instagram account, at Mike Petchy on Instagram. There I've been running contests. I've been giving away free t-shirts. Um, I've been getting a lot of messages from you guys uh, to see my film 12KM. I don't have it online for free. The only way that you've been able to see it up to this point were the folks that were buying the 12KM t-shirts. Uh, for the podcast and I've been trying to give you guys a link as well I will soon be opening it back up I think and I think we're going to do the whole you send me your three favorite horror movies and if I agree with you then maybe I'll send you a link to the film alright and the only way you can do that is if you follow me on Instagram and go through that process um, and then also follow the podcast okay so here's some here's some insider info on what's going on with the in love with the process Instagram account Fuck you, Instagram. For some reason, Instagram thinks that my account is being controlled by uh, some app. And so they keep restricting my post. They keep restricting my like ability. It's super annoying. So if you're looking at the In Love With The Process Instagram account and you're like, it doesn't update as much as your main account, it's because I've been battling them. I, I seem to consistently be on probation with these guys, and I don't understand why. So I'm changing my passwords. I'm trying to figure it all out. It's super annoying. Thank you for being patient with me. The, the problem with being uh, someone that is relying upon social media to get my information out there is that I am at the mercy of whatever stupid rules and regulations that they're running at whatever moment of the day that they're doing it. And I love the way, by the way, I love the way they package it like, hey, this is for our viewers benefit. It's like, no, it's not. You essentially just want me to pay you to advertise my show to the people that already subscribe to this. It's annoying. Anyway, I digress. So those of you who are here to listen to a great interview, I'm sorry I went on a rant. Get ready. Grab those noise-canceling headphones. Find a nice comfy place to sit down, relax, and actually be the third person in a great conversation 
between me and Clara on the new episode of In Love With The Process. Thanks for being on the show. I'm Thank excited you so to have much you. for having me. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, man. <laughs> we were saying off air that uh, we've been working on uh, getting this to happen for months now, and it's here. For a while, and here we are in our separate places in the comfort <laughs> of our own homes, just chatting that's, to a computer. That's right. You don't have to get dressed up. That's what I like. Everybody's like, aren't you do aren't you recording video for this? And I'm like, no, I like it if my list, if my guests can like stay at home in their underwear and not really do anything. It's great. This is amazing because I've never done a podcast before, so I didn't really know what you know what the protocol was like. So I did actually get kind of dressed up for you, Mike. I did. So <laughs> well, I can I can hear it. it you can hear like it. Hear my voice. It sounds like you look great today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Wow, <laughs> compliments. It's been a minute. Pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we're just complimenting ourselves in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you look freaking awesome today, man. Yeah. Yeah. You got out of your bed clothes before you sat down at the computer. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Go forth Good and job. prosper. Conquer the day <laughs> of lying in bed. Uh, All yep. right. So, so let's, let me pretend to be slightly professional. On okay. Show. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll join you. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, a huge fan. I was a huge fan of uh, I Am Mother. I was a huge fan of your work on that film. Oh, thank you. Um, and that was, you know, to be 100% honest, that was the first time I saw you. And so, you came out of nowhere for me. And it was just like, <laughs> hell yeah. And I was talking to Grant You're about like, that, too. Who the hell is this little dame? Yeah, man. And, yeah. like, the power and the presence and to be on screen with Hillary Swank and still be able to hold your own, that, that's a big deal. Oh, thank you. I know. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's pretty mind boggling. I still don't think I've quite processed it, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think I'm just yeah. Still, I, I'll have definitely have moments of just pinching pinching myself and being like that 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 happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it was insane. It was such a such an amazing experience. Just to, the whole the whole experience was amazing. And working with Hillary, obviously, like a just not only once, but twice, um, won an Oscar and have to, you know, try and hold my own with, with her alongside me was, was, uh, intense and intimidating. And, uh, but she was just such a lovely human being and made me feel so at home and welcome and in the acting world. So, uh, that was very nice. Very, very appreciative and grateful for that experience. Well, you forget, I, at least I did, I forget what a legend she is until I don't see her for a while. Because it had been a while since I had seen her on screen. And then oh, when, yeah. I had, when I saw the trailer for this, because this speaks, uh, it was right up my alley. Like, um, you and I haven't talked prior to this, but I'm a director as well. And Grant and I have mm -hmm. a lot of the same tastes. And, you know, we're both from like the Terminator world and we're both from all that kind of stuff. So yeah. to see the trailer for this film, I was like, yes, I'm super <laughs> excited to watch it. And then I saw that uh, that Hillary was in it. I was like, whoa, whoa, where's she been? And then just seeing her presence on screen, it was like, right, there's a reason why. There's, there's a reason, reason why, why she... she's she's here. She's back. Yeah. I know. I was saying that. Um, so I shot a, a big chunk of the movie just with, with uh, Mother before Hillary uh, jumped mm -hmm. on board and I actually got to shoot with her. Mm -hmm. um, and that just that transition, I mean, obviously 
Luke Hawker, who I definitely want to speak about as well, who mm-hmm. was inside the the robot suit and had helped build it as well, is freaking phenomenal and such a talented actor. And uh, it was amazing. But still, he was wearing the suit and it was, you know, it's hard to emote anything through uh, that many layers of metal. Yeah. Um, but then Hillary jumped on board after, I think, a couple of weeks of shooting and she's just so raw, you know, it, she's just so present and so authentic, like her, her empathy for her character um, mm. and for the world and the universe is, is, is like something I've never, I've never seen that before. So I really, I really um, learned a lot from that and uh, took it on board. It was just, just incredible to watch her really, really captivating. I would, you know, very often find myself forgetting that I was actually um, <clears throat> having to act and, and, and be in a, in a scene and I have lines to remember and, and whatnot, but, um, just because yeah. she's just, she's terrific, you know? Yeah. I've, I've seen this on set. I've seen this with actors that I've worked with too. When you have, uh, someone come in that has sort of that gravitas and that energy and that, um, professionalism, it sort of gives everything, everybody else something to lean on, which is nice. It gives everybody sort of like a center of gravity where it's totally, it totally. really sort of elevates those moments and it like you said especially doing a sci-fi movie and working with you know the effects team and i'm sure that there were a lot of nerdy guys around most oh, of yeah. the day you know <laughs> what i mean it's so like that that really affects the mood and the mode it really um, is. oh my god it does you feel very <laughs> inadequate at all times ever uh but <laughs> being around those guys but it's uh yeah the, the practicals of the practical effects on that movie was just you know i was literally immersed in the universe because it was all there right in front of me and you can tell i mean that was one of the first things as a fellow filmmaker that's one of the first things that really appealed to me it's it was like oh cool and i I knew that they were doing that robot mostly practically and it was like okay this Mm -hmm. is going to be really cool because you know that it's it's going to affect your performances as opposed to like totally (laughs) you know someone dressed up like green man running around yeah uh, it doesn't really do quite the same it doesn't have quite the same effect uh no it was actually you know it's mother is terrifying when you see her in in, in real life she i remember Ooh. the first day i met her where you know luke hawker did the full thing he went on to set earlier than me and they set up this whole thing and i i walk onto set and they've turned down all the lights mm-hmm. and uh and obviously there's lights incorporated in the construction of mother as well so she like walks out and um, I, I really wanted to flee, you know? I really wanted to just <laughs> stick my tail between my legs and run because that is one scary, <laughs> you know, robot. It really is. Yeah, yeah. yeah, which is the opposite of what you were supposed to do, right? Because you were raised by this thing. You were born. Exactly, yeah. It took me a minute just to be like, okay, I love you, I guess. You love me. Um, <laughs> let's just be friends, be civil. Um, yeah, but yeah. Well, let's change gears a little bit. Let's, let's catch the audience up because I feel like we jump right into there, into this. And I know a lot of people that have been listening to the show have seen the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. but there are some folks that probably haven't and maybe haven't seen your work. Um, so let's start from the beginning. How, why acting? Like, how'd you get into acting? Like what's, what stimulated it? Why acting? I know why. I mean, it's just... I guess you just know when you know it's, I was always like one of those 
you know, the, the, the theater freak who would run around with like jazz hands down the corridor at school. <laughs> and, um, I used to, I used to do musicals back in Denmark. Um, I think I started when I was 11. I did, you know, mm-hmm. Mary Poppins and Annie and when I was doing sound music and, um, and I just honestly really wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just really wanted to sing and do something with, with, uh, my voice and, then I did musicals and I guess like through that I segued uh, into straight acting and and I still get to sing luckily, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Even in mother, I have a little tearful song mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end. Yeah. Um, that, that, I, Cause I was going to ask you that what came first was it singing or acting? And it sounds like singing was your initial, right? It was. Yeah. That's I would say so. And what is it about singing that you love? Is it just the ability to sort of, like get that emotion out, get that energy out of you, or is it? Yeah, uh, I guess it's it's all just like an outlet for expression. Yeah. Um, and uh, singing is, is is one way to do it, and then there's acting is another way to do it, and combine the two, and you you're just expressing yourself. <laughs> so hard. Well, you did both in like Tattooed Heart, right? Wasn't that the deal that you? Because I haven't seen oh, that yeah, film yet. Oh yeah, in in Teen Spirit, yeah, I I sang. Um, oh, yeah. It, which was originally an Ariana Grande song. So that was obviously st- stakes are high there for mm-hmm. little old me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had to sing, I had to sing that song, which is amazing on a big stage. And it was all set up to be like a, a um, like singing competition. Um, yeah. So there was a big audience and uh, you know, got to outlive that, that <laughs> superstar dream a little bit which is very fun yeah that's cool i like I, I admit i haven't seen the movie yet I, my girlfriend wants to see it so i'll probably sit down and watch it with her but um that's cool, it looks yeah. really cool it looks yeah really great. L, L fanning is amazing in it my friend rory uh o'connor is in that he's also smashing it and max Minghella, obviously and um fred berger just really cool people to to um to work with in general mm-hmm I, and it sounds like a, you must have been pumped when you uh, heard that you got that role because you got to do two of the things that you love to do, right? Yeah, I really was. It was uh, <laughs> very much a win-win for me. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it was it was really great. Very fun experience. And it was a young cast, too. And I'd never done that really before. So It's, it's funny because um, for years, I've been a music video director. So I've been able to work with like high-end pop stars and musicians and stuff. And I just recently had B. B Miller on the show and I was talking to her. Right. And it's really hysterical to hear <laughs> the two sides of it because B's like, I'd love to act. <laughs> and so you're like, I'd love to be a singer. So it's, it's really like you funny. You have straight hair, you want curly hair. You have curly <laughs> yeah. hair, you want straight hair, you know? Um, <laughs> We're just so needy. <laughs> and greedy, needy and greedy. But I, I get it. I mean, the energy level is there. It, it's all about, I've got all this energy in me. I got to get it out. You know? Totally. Totally. I mean, it really is. Um, <laughs> it really is. I just have a lot of energy at it's all fu- times. It's funny. Like a lot of actors that I work with too, I'm always like, you've got it stored away. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Let's do it in this scene. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's uh, so true. So is there... So as far as acting is concerned, was there a movie? Is there a performance? Is there something that you saw that you were like, mm, okay, this will be cool. This is what I want to do. 
Um, see, people ask me this question and I honestly don't even know if there was anything like a, like a wake up call moment. Um, mm-hmm. but I definitely, I woke, I, I grew up watching, you know, hence jumping into musicals at the get go. I, um, watched Sound of Music and I watched, you know, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and all those mm-hmm. classic movies. And I just loved the universe and I loved the romance. I loved, um, the escapism. Um, and I think I've always just wanted to be a part of that. Like, cool. You get to like make a living off of playing around. Fun. Let's do it. (laughs) Look, I'm not ashamed to admit it either. I loved Chitty Chitty Bang Bang when I was growing up. The fact they had a flying car, that thing was awesome. Awesome. And, And even Mary Poppins, like that early Disney like Hollywood vibe that they had. Oh, it was the creme de la creme. Really cool. Was, yeah. Yeah. Really fucking cool. So uh, good. And then it's no strange surprise that I fell in love with Hitchcock because it felt like it was the same thing. Same with, kind you know, of, yeah, style. Eviler, a little bit more adult, and I really kind of dug that vibe too. That's a good, yeah, next like transition into everything else. But musicals, okay. always, musicals have always been tough for me. I don't know if it's because I'm a dude. I don't know if it's because, <laughs> because I just don't have, like half the time when I watch like really cheesy musicals, it's like they have to sing about a plot point where it's like, I stub my toe and then they go on for five <laughs> minutes and you're like, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Okay. But uh, my favorite, I think my favorite musical is uh, definitely Cabaret. With Liza oh, Marie. Cabaret is so, I rewatched that in quarantine again. Oh, it's um, so fucking good. It's, it's so, so good. It's yeah. impeccable. I mean, mm-hmm. that's definitely up there as well for one of my faves of all time. That, I love Chicago. Have you watched Chicago? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chicago's yeah. great. It's got that same kind of vibe. It's got like that sort same of kind of vibe. Like, the sort of drama. Grit. Yeah, 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 yeah. A little more grit yep. to it. Yeah. He, he's done a bunch of... Who directed that? That was... um. um Oh, oh dear. God, it's right at the edge of my t- He's done a bunch of musicals. He's right at the edge of my tongue. Oh, um, I don't remember it. Wait, let me look this up so I can pretend like I knew the answer really, really fast. <laughs> yeah, I was, just, <laughs> I was just doing the same thing. Uh, Bob Fosse. Hey, okay, all right. There we go, Bob Fosse. Hey, see. Oh, wow, you know more than I do about Oh, my goodness, I'm so intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no... Like, if there's a dramatic reason for it in the film, just to, like if it adds to the film and it, evola- it like elevates the film, I do. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yes. But I hear you. I totally hear you. It's, you know, you start getting into it. And it's, it's because I'm the oldest and I had two younger sisters. And so I was tortured <laughs> through my preteens with like all the Disney films over and over, over and over on again. repeat every single day. Uh, there's 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 actual my girlfriend is holding it hostage. My girlfriend and my mom are holding it hostage because when we were kids, mm-hmm. my parents, as a Christmas present to each other, used to have us act out pageants on Christmas Eve. Oh my god! And so there's footage. Once my first movie comes out, it's gonna leak. My mom's like, I'm calling entertainment tonight, and I'm leaking it. There's footage of me dressed up as a red crab from the Little Mermaid singing no. with my brothers and sisters. Yes. Where is this photo, Mike? <laughs> it's not photo. It's actual V there's a VHS. There's a VHS of, of this. Yes. We need this in our lives. <laughs> Your listeners need this. I, that's the first time I've said it on the show too. And I know my mom who listens to the show is like it's I'm gonna, gonna leak it. <laughs> I know exactly where it is. I'm like, wait till the movie comes out before you leak it, please. <laughs> That is so funny. 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, so at this point, so mm-hmm. I am mother. That this was your first lead, essentially, right? Did you do a lead before this? I've I've done um, another lead in this this movie called Good Favor. Um, okay. This Irish movie, uh, Belgian production, uh, shot in, in Belgium. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, but this was like definitely a different, totally different scale, you know, on a different scale. Um, it was, it was intimidating for sure. It was, uh, you know, you, you walk into something and you, you just are in denial about knowing what the hell you're doing. And, um, you try and convince yourself just consistently throughout the process that you know what you're doing, but the reality of it all is you really don't. And, um, and you, you learn like that, that was such a learning experience for me. Um, just being, yeah, thrown in the deep end. Yeah. Because, and a lot of our listeners are actors and young actors. So I think they'll find this fascinating. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the, a lot of the directors will find this fascinating. Like I learned this lesson when I did a film and I found uh, one of my actors, I found talent in a very sort of strange way. I think I found this person through Instagram. And so I was sort of hunting for an individual mm-hmm. and I had seen a couple pieces that they had done, which were smaller pieces, which were really great. And so I was like, like, you know, you find that actor, you're like, I'm plucking this person out of, out of the, the, the air essentially and bringing yeah. them to a great scenario. And we had done a bunch of rehearsals. We had done a bunch of stuff. And this person was great, you know, fantastic. And Mm -hmm. then we end up on set. And the first day of shooting, uh, they were having a lot of trouble. And and so I would go in and, like, communicate. And I was trying to figure out what's going on. And you know how the first day is. The first day is always, like, everybody trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And, like, as a director, you're like, am I fucking this up? And then, like, you're, you're going over talking to the actor, and the actor's like, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm fucking this up. And it oh, didn't God, occur yeah. to me that it was, it wasn't my work. It was just the fact that this person hadn't been on a set with, like, 60 people. Hadn't oh been on a set gosh. with, like, a crew. I know, like right? Like, what? That's not a real thing that people do. Yeah. And then they expect you to be calm and composed and you know, have opinions as to what to do to elevate the whole thing. It's, it just, it really just takes time and it's really taken me time. Still now I'm, I walk onto set and then I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> what am I going to do? Um, but yeah, it's, it's really just about, I've, I've come to learn is just experience, get it all in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you, you learn from that. Um, and just watching other people, like, like literally watching Hillary was probably the thing that has, that has shaped me the most to where I'm at now. Cause hopefully I hope that I've, 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 um, progressed as an actress since I shot, um, mother. There's also been a mm-hmm. pandemic, so I should cut myself some slack, but, um, <laughs> yeah, we all need to, cause I'm in the same boat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> totally. <laughs> Oh boy, what a year! Um, <laughs> but yes. So, so that being said, and mm-hmm. you know, you can get as specific as you want or not. But what did you see specifically that she did as far as like walking on a set, and sort of taking control of the set, that really inspired you? Was there a specific moment that you saw? Um, 
I guess first and foremost, when I, when I met her the first time, just her confidence, that confidence that, that me and that, you know, the, the, the girl that you were talking about, you were directing feels Mm -hmm. walking onto set that fear and anxiety and like inadequacy of like, I'm not, am I going to be good enough? Am I going to screw this up for everyone else? Am I, you can just, you can tell that she really has many years under her belt of doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. And she is so just, it really, she comes across as like such a strong person within herself and so confident in her work. And like, then you see like her, her binder with the script in there and all the notes she's taken. And I'm like, oh my goodness, do I feel underprepared? (laughs) Um, But, and then like her empathy for the universe and her character, which I mentioned earlier is, um, really what i i took my my takeaway from it all is like she she she'll justify she needs she feels that she you got to justify every action and every thought and every everything that your character um is going through uh cuz it's you got to put yourself in their shoes entirely and fully um and i think at that time i i i hadn't really thought about it uh, in that way, um, to that extent, at least. And I've, I've come away from that project knowing that that's the least you gotta do. I had this moment to thank God for the quarantine. I hate saying it this way, but thank God for the quarantine because the quarantine essentially, (laughs) thank God in many ways, but also, yes, but also the, the, yes, yes, the, um, the thing that it did for me, and I'm kind of ashamed to say this because I've been directing for like 19 years. Right. So, um, right, right. I hadn't really wow. thought about, I, I was kind of ashamed when I sat there and I went, man, I haven't really done the research that actors do. And so I had this moment where I'm like, I'm, I, I need to sort of read some of these books. I need to sort of go through this stuff because as a, as a director, I don't know if Grant is the same way. Cause I know we both come from the same thing. So as a director, mm-hmm. I came from yeah. it from being like a comic book kid. I was going to be a comic book illustrator. <laughs> so everything's totally. very visually oriented for me. Like, you know, my heroes are mm-hmm. like Ridley Scott and like all those guys. And so you you come into it yeah. learning, at least as a young kid, it's like, all right, this is how to use a camera. This is how to use this. This is how to, to translate the visual language of cinema. And so that becomes the early on obsession because it's the thing that draws drew me into the into the into the business into the yeah. world and then yeah, exactly. you know when you're working with talent years doing commercials which are weird i don't know if you've ever done any commercial stuff i, I haven't but okay. tell me commercial, me commercials are a little <laughs> bit different at least with film you go through the process of casting people and you're looking for folks and you're you're trying to find someone that sort of embodies this character and this person's very sort of focused on mm-hmm. it. It's, it's completely different. If you do commercials, it's a cattle call. It's like there's a train full of cows that show right. up and they just herd them through the space. And they're like, do you want ones with big brown spots or small brown spots? And you're just sort of looking at these people. <laughs> and then as a director, you're sitting in front of a table full of clients. You know what I mean? And these these clients don't mm-hmm. work in the business. That's why you're there. If they if If they did know the business, then I wouldn't be there. And so they're behind me and they're making all these judgment calls on talent. Like, I don't like her hair. You know what I mean? And, oh, gosh. I mean, that's essentially what all uh, actors are, are, uh, are just doing. You know, we're just exactly. products. We might as well just <laughs> come to terms with it. Well, especially in the commercial world. And so then 
So yeah. So then yeah, you end up casting somebody based upon looks, based upon demo graphics, based upon all this stuff, right? So you cast this person, and then you're mm -hmm. on set, <laughs> and then you're trying to figure out right. like how to get them to do what you need them to do, how to make sure that they're comfortable. It's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Snacks, water. <laughs> you know, is it cold outside? Do they need like a, a warm jacket? Anything. But but more importantly, it was as a director, we're doing a lot of commercials and stuff early on. It's like, how do I how do I how do I open up this this magical box? Right? It's, if you're not an actor and you're not right. talent, you don't understand it where it's like where does this acting come from? Where does this emotion come from? Are they pretending to do this? And you see with a lot of young directors, What's exactly. The yeah. And the exactly. younger director will come in and go, just do it like this. And then they start like pantomiming shit. And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> oh yeah, not very helpful. Uh, not not helpful at all. Because then you, you start getting up in your head about like the way in which you, you try and like reenact what, that, what you've just yeah. watched. And it's not coming from an actual place that's real inside of yourself. And, and then it just all yeah, goes sideways. Totally. Yeah. And so then um, over time, I kind of learned from working with great actors and um, working with like Bill Sage, really amazing talent that educated me. Right, on it. Yeah. But when I got into pandemic, I was like, I'm doing all this research because I'm prepping a movie right now. And I'm like, man, I've got all this time. Maybe I should start reading some of these books. And I went back and read a lot of these mm -hmm. acting technique books. And my mind was blown open um at the level of prep like preparation like you were talking about yeah hillary's prep it, yeah. and that prep is essentially just for the for the start of the scene just for the beginning so that when the when the just actor the walks beginning. in they have a place to come from does that make sense yeah yeah totally there's a lot of the, there's pre-work and there's work for the actual thing that you see and then there's like there's the whole universe in the world and like where literally what everything that I am and I do why am I doing it mm -hmm. and you know it's, it's the drive it's the motivation and you can always it, it, it you know that's why I find psychology so interesting and like just studying you know our, just our brains and like what makes us do what mm -hmm. we do because uh, it derives from mm -hmm. something um, and that's essentially how you got to think about your characters always as well the way you want to psychoanalyze any situation, even yourself, uh, you got to psychoanalyze your the script and your your character. It gets, and I love that. That's one of the things that I love about collaborating with talent is that uh, you guys can because when when you read a script, right, it's very two dimensional. Mm -hmm. Not to offend the uh, the writer, because the writer envisions a character, but then the writer has to take that flourished character in their mind and make it as easy to read for executives as possible as you possible. know what i mean so it's just like yeah. walks in a room sits down does this and you're like okay yeah and so then yeah, cool. so then <laughs> it's my job as a director to come back in there and go okay i gotta bring life back into this hopefully i'm collaborating with the writer to figure out where they were coming from and then as a director that's preparing stuff i'm usually sitting at a desk going what is it like to be a, a young girl raised by a robot? I have no idea. <laughs> None. And, Zilch. And so then being able to find an actress like yourself um, and then be able to develop that. That's the exciting part is that, that initial for me where we sit down and we have meetings. and I know. You know? I wonder where that derives from, you know? I wonder what is so 
robotic <laughs> inside of myself <laughs> that they saw and recognized. Uh, but yeah, no, it was definitely like researching and trying to empathize with, with daughter was a, a weird one too. Cause like you can't really having not interacted with anything else than a robot your entire mm -hmm. life is, uh, is sure to, to affect you in, uh, in some mm -hmm. sort of way. Um, and, and to also find the balance between, um, you know, the, the robotic mannerisms that she's probably taken on from, from mother, but also making her relatable enough for an audience to, to relate to her and, and hear her and her emotions and feelings and like the, the whole human side mm -hmm. of daughter, which is, you know, which, what drives her to do what she does in, in, in the movie throughout That's that an interesting story. point because if you if you were doing it in in reality she'd probably be a psychopath <laughs> she'd probably be insane she'd probably be yeah, yeah. A little cuckoo scary person to be in the room with scary person <laughs> no go don't want to get close to a daughter It's that time. I got to give some love to the sponsors. I got to give some love to the folks that make this show possible. And not just you listening, not just those people that are listening that follow me on Instagram. And those people that like send me suggestions for guests in the show. I hear you. I hear you. I'm working on it. I'm doing a lot of work here. As, you, as I said at the beginning of this show, it just takes time. I've been talking to Clara for months to get this lined up. So we've got some other really cool guests and the dates are floating around. So I'm not allowed to confirm anything yet, but I got some cool people that are potentially going to be on the show and folks that you have suggested to me to be on the show. So if you're listening and you want to hear me fucking talk shop with somebody, let me know who it is. Send me a message on Instagram. Say, Hey Mike, I think you should get this one. My latest suggestion, and I love it when they're this big. My latest suggestion was Peter Jackson. I got to figure out how to get to him. So if anybody listening to the show that's a fan of the show and you're like, I've got access to Peter Jackson, send me a comment. Send me a message. Let's get to him. Because he would be a fun guy to talk to on the show. Not just because of Lord of the Rings, not just because of his stature in the industry, but because of his early origins in horror. I love his first... I kick ass for the Lord! I love his original movies. They're fucking fantastic. Anyway, to the sponsors, if you are in the market for a brand new computer, if you're looking to buy a new edit system, if you're looking to buy a machine to do music work on, if you're just looking for a new gaming machine, if you're one of those folks like me that got obsessed with Cyberpunk, the new video game that's on the market, you have to have a PC. It looks awesome on my Puget. It looks awesome on it. I don't understand all these other complaints because I've been spoiled to be playing it on my edit system. Uh, go to PugetSystems.com. These guys help you build really fast, banging PCs. And I know you're like, PC? PCs crash all the time. What are you, from the early 90s? Grow up. PCs don't crash anymore. PCs are affordable. PCs are upgradable. PCs are the smart move. You're not paying for some crazy advertising campaign. You're not stuck in some strange financing program. 
you're not dealing with some text-based fucking customer support system. This is a small company run by family in the Northwest here in the US, and they make great systems, and they don't make products. They don't actually manufacture hardware. So they're not, they're not pawning off shit that they need to sell. They literally going on the marketplace, figuring out what the newest piece of hardware is, benchmark testing that hardware, and seeing how it works with the software and then putting it together. It's a great resource if you don't even want to pay them to build the machine. They actually share a lot of their benchmark tests and resources on their website. So go to PugetSystems.com. There you can check it all out. And if you're international, because these guys don't ship internationally, they also have a consultation program. We can sign up with them. They will walk you through building your own Puget system. So if you guys are from outside the US and you want to have a machine that isn't reliable, it's the ones they make, they can help you do that. I love their products. They have been a supporter of me and a supporter of the show. But more importantly, everything that I have edited over the past six years has been on a Puget system. So think about that. Also supporting the show, as always, are our good friends over at Quasar Science. The best advancements in the movie business, as far as technology is concerned, over the past few years has been lighting and LED lighting. It's changed the way our movies look. It's changed the way our shows look. Um, as a DP, as a, as, a, as a, I'm not a retired DP, but as a DP that's been working for years, I love the versatility of these lights. And a lot of you guys ask, what do you have in your kit, Mike? I've got all sorts of stuff. I've got bare bulb units. I've got tungsten units, but I've got a lot of quasar tubes. For this specific reason, they're not hot. They don't run hot. I can handheld them. And when I'm shooting a close-up, right? Because we're talking to an actress on today's show. When you're looking for that close-up, if you're looking to light an actor or an actress so that the audience connects with them, let's say that you're doing a very intense sequence where you're going into a close-up and you're like an 85, maybe 150 millimeter lens, and you're right there and the whole world's condensed and the background is out of focus, and it's like we're here, we're in a moment, and she's thinking this thing, and I want to feel it. How does that lighting look? Everybody's face is different. Their bone structure is different. Their eyes are sit, set back in their head different ways. And so one of my favorite things to do is actually take a quasar tube in front of our talent and just move it around. Handhold it, right? You just move that tube around and you go, boom, right here at this angle. That's it. It's great for that. If anything, just have one to do to do that. I'm telling you right now, go to quasarscience.com. Check them out. Also, Sponsor on the show. We just did that great contest with these guys. I did a whole fucking episode. Go back and listen to it. I think it's like 118, 119, where I talk about why these guys are so cool. Movie Tees. M-O-V-I-T-E-E-S. These guys make amazing t-shirts. They do the nerdiest of film shirts that you could ever want. This is why I love them so much. They actually make t-shirts that will take the company that that takes place so a company that is in a movie that you love let's say skynet they will design the logo for skynet create like these very subversive t-shirts and so when you wear these on set you wear these when you go and see a movie if you walk in an animal draft house wearing one of these t-shirts the person behind the counter who's usually rude to you because they're a film snob will give you a nod I'm telling you right now about people I don't know. I love the Alamo Draft House. I want them to survive this pandemic. Please tell me you have a plan to survive. Anyway, um, go to movietees.com. Look at the list of shirts and pick yourself up one. And 
because you're a listener of the show, we'd like to do something special for you guys. If you use the promo code ILWP, you'll get 10% off your order. Go to movie, M-O-V-I-T-E-E-S.com. Check them out. And as always, please go support us by going to inlovewiththeprocess.com. There, if you're a newcomer to the show, it's an easy way to find the episodes that you want to listen to because we're at like 120 now, whatever it is. Um, so you can go there. We've actually put together our top 20 list, which is now going to shift. I can guarantee you that this episode is going to be pretty high on the list. It's now going to shift. So go there, check it out. You can pick episodes based upon subject material. So if you want to just listen to the shows with all the directors, if you want to listen to the shows with all the musicians, if you want to listen to the shows with all the chefs. Oh my God, it doesn't sound like this show is just a filmmaking show. It's not. I am not getting fucking pigeonholed in with all these other filmmaking podcasts. I'm sorry, guys. I love you, but I'm not going to do it. This show is going to become bigger and better, more guests, and at the end of the day, it's all about whether or not I think they're cool. That's it. What is the reason to have them on the show? Because I think they're fucking cool. That's it. All right, so go to inlovewiththeprocess.com and check out what I'm talking about. All right, that's it. Let's get back into it. This conversation gets even better. Do you enjoy the prep? Do you enjoy that process? I really did. Yeah, I had a lot of conversations with with Grant as well, who is you obviously know is a living legend, mm-hmm. and um, just has. I mean, he's worked on this movie for so so long, so he his understanding of daughter is very um, solidified, I guess. With without you know forcing that upon me, he gave me a lot of free reign. To, to implement my um, ideas and my sort of perception of her as well. And it, it'd be a whole conversation, which I love. I think that's the best possible um, scenario for an actor and a director working together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had, we had a lot of conversations on, on um, just, we went through the script and we went through the whole, the whole, um, trajectory sorry (laughs) you got it um we went through the whole trajectory of the of of the of her arc as a character and um obviously we would also shoot not obviously because not every um production does this but we would shoot out of order Uh um so and obviously daughter's arc is uh is quite an arc um, so I would have to really check in uh, before every scene to be like, where am I at mentally? Where's daughter at? And what has just happened? And and are we like level seven of anxiety and, and distrust at this point? Or are we level three? Or like, where are we at? Do I love mother today? Don't I love her? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, but it was, it was very, very interesting. I really... Again, such a learning curve for me. I always find that fascinating. So if you're a young director listening to this, I think this is an important point here, is that uh-huh. uh, for an actor to at least, and you can back me up or say that I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I'm totally fine with that. But uh, <laughs> as an actor, 
actors are generally looking for confidence and looking for, 100%. Uh, you know, trust. And yeah, you know, we have to be overly prepped. Like they're like, I have to live, breathe and dream this thing. Most of the time, because it takes forever to get these movies made. Most of the time it's mm -hmm. like years of that. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that gives you the comfort that you need. Correct. Totally. I mean, the, the trust between, I, I think there's so much value in just like sitting down with, um, with your, with the team and the production and, and everyone that, who is a part of making this, making this story and creating the story mm -hmm. uh, and um, just getting on the same page, you know? Uh, and, and especially a director or an actor, I feel like is, it's always beneficial to sit down before and have um, conversations about, about it all, you know, um, <laughs> hear each other out and find a middle ground and, uh, and really get, yeah nitty-gritty and in depth with uh with the story yeah yeah because at the end of the day at least what i'm looking for as a as a director is uh because most of my shit is all storyboarded out and i like i know kind of what i want from the piece but then when we roll it's about finding that thing that i get attached to it's about finding that moment it's about finding that energy that mm -hmm. that presents itself because the, I, I always say this on the show. I don't believe in geniuses. I don't believe that there, you know, are filmmakers that are basically born and they're like, get the twenty-five millimeter lens, you know, and they're like this little, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like you learn this stuff and you find things. And I think the the role of being a good storyteller and a good director is essentially being able to cast well, you know, whether you're talking crew or talent, Absolutely. and having a a taste and having a. Uh, the ability to choose because my job most of the time is people show up with platters with things on it and they're just like which one would you prefer and you're like yeah. i'll take the cheeseburger and the french fries okay great Next. <laughs> you know that's kind totally. of totally yeah it's so true um but you know casting is so important and you'll hear this all the time you'll hear directors say that casting is like 50 percent of my job it is mm -hmm. because at the end of the day you're not only looking for a soul that you can connect with um, and, a, and a soul that's going to, to embody the character that you've been developing. But you're also, yeah. you're looking for um, a personal connection to these to these people. Because mm -hmm. I always joke about folks that I have directed that end up in the edit room. Like after I'm done editing a piece with an actor, it's like, I know you. I know you better than you know yourself at that point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? You, you call them up and you're like, there's a mole on your cheek. You call, you call your dermatologist because it looks weird. You know what I mean? Because you just <laughs> all this time. It's great because then you like, once you have that foundation of trust, that's when you really start, where, where the magic really starts happening. Yeah. And, and on set in terms of just, because it's, it's not you anymore. Like once you, you know each other, then you can just have fun. It's like good friends, you know, like you, you don't just walk into meeting someone for the first time. Like you, you gotta be tread, you gotta tread carefully, you know, cautiously mm -hmm. tread on those eggshells just to suss a person out um, before you start acting your ludicrous, crazy self. Uh, <laughs> and, and it's just, it's the same. I mean, yeah, you gotta have that foundation of trust and then, and then you can dive into something completely, totally different. And like Grant can tell me like, Clara, what the hell are you doing? And I'll be like, I'm so sorry, dude. 
sorry. Yeah. I, you know, it's fine. Let me try it again. <laughs> he but, never said that. He was very sweet, but... <laughs> I love those moments. Like when you finally crack that code, right? And you like, like if you and I are working together and we crack that code and you, I would want you to be in that position where you can be that kid again, where yeah. you can just do whatever the fuck it is that you want. And then trust me to come to you and just go, eh, maybe no, we don't do that one. And, you, and then you don't feel offended by that where it's I just know. like, okay, yeah. no big deal. I'll just do this other thing. And it's like, totally. And I always try totally. to tell my actors, it's like, I'm your line of defense, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you do something- We're on the same team. Yeah, and if you do you something know? that sucks, if you do something that's embarrassing, it's not gonna end up in the edit. It's just no. not. It's yeah. absolutely not, you know? I love to hear that, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Because at, at the end of the day, like, you know, you getting cast in this movie, you having this career, you've essentially scratched a lottery ticket. You know, I, it's I really like, have. Yeah, I know. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's just outrageous. Like, it's just not. It doesn't feel real. I still have. I was. I've been talking about this quite a lot. You know, pandemic and whatnot, and having like this much time on your hands to look inward and reflect, which I don't think is helpful and beneficial in any <laughs> sort of in any sort of way. But, but it, it has been beneficial, and I, I still have like, I really truly have moments of. Um, because I moved here, you know, two weeks before the lockdown yeah. to LA and, um, you know, took the leap of faith, did the whole, you know, I'm just going to go there and pursue my dream and go to the epicenter of movie making and, and uh, it's going to be great. And then, you know, it shuts down, everything shuts down. So well, pandemic. But look, I moved here two months before the lockdown. So you and I are literally We're, in the same wow. boat. I am so sorry, Mike, because I know what you've gone through. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the, we're in the same boat. Like me, me and my girl packed up, moved yeah. cross country because we were in the East Coast, moved all the way out here, came uh -huh. out here because I've got two movies in development. So we're working on that, which of course mm -hmm. during the fucking, you feel like you scratch a lottery ticket to that point and then the pandemic happens and you're like, I know. Guys, guys, I have a lottery yeah. ticket out here to cash in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but then... Uh, we were talking to friends back in the East Coast. I think it was on one of my prior episodes. I was talking to people back in the East Coast, and they're like, you don't sound like you're LA yet. And I'm like, I haven't had the opportunity. I haven't had the opportunity to become an LA douchebag. Yeah. I would love to. Exactly. <laughs> I would love to, but I've been indoors this entire time. The extent of LA-ness is like, I don't even know, ordering groceries to my door. And that's not even LA at all. I don't well, even know. What's an LA thing to do? Hiking. Uh, I've been on hikes. I yeah. hike now. How's the hiking? How's the hiking world? Hiking world is looking swell. It's <laughs> it's it's pretty um pretty cold up up top right now, I'll tell you what. But um it's been it's been freezing the last couple of days. I say freezing. This is probably like a really nice day in in, in summer in Denmark. But um Yes. I've acclimatized. <laughs> yes, it's like uh, Gina, my girlfriend, says the same thing. She's walking around with like a a winter coat on. She's like, "I'm freezing." I'm like, "We're from the East Coast." <laughs> yeah, like you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> I'm outside in. Short I'm a Viking, stuff. Mike. <laughs> I'm a Viking. Yes. I may not look like it, but I am. <laughs> uh, no, LA stuff that we, you know, because you hear those stories and you're like, "Okay, cool. I'm gonna go to LA. It's gonna get weird." And you know, we were fortunate enough because we did a little shoot right before. And I did like a commercial shoot right before and I had clients out. And so we went out and did 
so I what I what I would do for years prior to this COVID baloney mm-hmm. is uh, I would do what I call bar safaris. So one bar of the things I safaris. I, yeah. So one of the things that was really cool about being a commercial music video director is that I would oftentimes be shipped around to follow talent to go do stuff. You know, so right. they would ship me out to here from the East Coast or ship me um to like atlanta and so i would go and i would always have my assistant his main job was i need you every city that we go to you need to find us the scariest bar and you need to find us the craziest places to eat and i've talked about this in other episodes but an infamous one yeah you should try this it's really fun so what we did in new york which is the best we did it in manhattan best place to do this Mm-hmm. Um, we made a list. So you make a list of, I don't know, five bars, right? You yeah. Make a list and you do this early in the week. You do this on like a, sure. a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we work in this business. We don't have real jobs. So of course, no. you do this on like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you go, you make a list of places you want to go. First bar you go to, the rule is you go talk to the bartender and the bartender, you ask them, what are your favorite places to go in the city? For real, not like touristy spots, but like your favorite. Your favorite, slightly, your favorite places that you would go to in the, exactly. in the weekend. Yeah. Slightly scary is always good. Like that's that's good. And so <laughs> it's a good prompt. Okay, cool. They give you their list, and you throw your list out, and then you continue to do that. And I love it. You end up going on these tours through whatever city you end up in. And because you're not afraid to talk to the bartender, because you're not afraid to talk to the people at the bar, you end up actually meeting the people that live in these cities. And you uh, are not only experienced to interesting bars, but you're also experienced to really good food and like street foods and that that kind of thing. So it's almost wow. like a living a real life Anthony Bourdain, rest in peace lifestyle. I so. am literally writing this down as we speak because I need to remind myself to do this. Uh, it's the shit. Wherever I go. It is the life. shit. It and sounds pretty freaking awesome. You, all you do is you, and you be smart about who you take with you. Because if you're going into bars, you can only, if you don't walk, bring anyone underage. Well, of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course, but also take into consideration that if you show up, you roll in deep with like 15 people, you're going to be in a whole different scenario. You're not going to be able to sit at of the course. bar. You're not going to be able to do that. So you take like three or four people with you. Three pals. There you go. Going like a, a bar, bar hop. I'm telling you. Adventure. I, I call uh, it a bar. That's all I want to do, Mike. That's all I want to do. T- see, if we weren't in quarantine and we were hanging out, I'd go, next time I do a bar safari, you come with us on a bar safari because they're insanely fun. And like I said, <laughs> you meet these crazy people and we did it. We were lucky enough to do it here right before quarantine. I think we did it like three days before quarantine. Three days. Oh, jeez. Yeah, you were lucky there. Oh, very lucky. But Gosh. we... um. We ended up seeing a lot of these, these, there's this magician's bar in Hollywood that was fascinating. Oh, wow. There was- there I was need this, your list, I think. I'll give you a list. There was this weird bar that we went to. I don't know how I ended up on this tangent, but we're going. <laughs> we're um, going with it. <laughs> there was this weird bar that we went to, and I was there with my buddy, and we heard this, I th- I'm going to fuck this story up, but we heard this music. <laughs> we were going to the bathroom. We heard this music from- like down, it looked like it's these stairs that went down into this kitchen, and we went down these stairs and ended up in like the storage closet. And we Is heard, that, was it like a speakeasy? Yeah, we heard this crazy music coming from behind this wall, and uh, my girlfriend was just like reaching, 
obviously she's like big into escape rooms and shit. She's just reaching along the shelf and she finds a trigger on the shelf and opens what? up this, this, yeah, opens up this doorway into like this crazy low ceiling dance club. It was like an electronic dance. It felt like it was a scene from Blade. You know what I, I mean? know. I was like, she's one of those actual characters who, who just stumbles upon <laughs> the answer. Yeah, exactly. Right well, there. She has that. She has that ability to either yes, find that out, or she's the 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 girl in a horror movie where she'll walk into a barn with like swinging shop objects and just go, "Hello!" <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, "Get it? We're leaving. We're leaving." <laughs> like this. This looks comfortable. I'll just you know rest here. Yeah, rest yeah, my yeah. little head. I love that. That anyway, she sounds. She sounds like a keeper. Honestly, she's good. She's good. She's she also is in the business. She's a photographer and all that stuff so she's good Amazing. she understands the world and we we both support each other so it's a smart move we love that we love it but anyway that was me going off on a tangent so yes <laughs> you should definitely go on a bar safari and it's different than a bar crawl because you're doing a little research and you're digging deep wow there's so many names for it. bar crawl bar hop bar safari yeah. bar i like i i like bar safari a yeah, because bar crawl i always feel like bar crawl is like what a bunch of bachelorettes do when they're trying to like you know say goodbye to their best friend who's getting married and no longer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no this is like this is thought through genius you know <laughs> approach I don't know. I don't know if it's genius it was yeah that's kind of genius mike born off of a pile of hops that are lodged in the back of my brain yes <laughs> Maybe it's just my pandemic brain thinking it's genius because I want that so badly. But uh, yeah. uh, well, all right, let's get professional again. It's let's get okay back in, uh, back, <clears throat> back in again. So, uh, so you've had all this time during pandemic because it, what have you have you been working since I am on? Did you get a chance to get another movie in or another project in before the pandemic happened? I was yeah, I was lucky that in uh, 2019 I, I I did get two um, movies in um independent mm. movies which was really nice um uh so they're in post right now waiting for them to nice to come out um but yeah i am definitely i'm just i'm just so excited to be working again yeah because it's such a strange it's it's a couple different things right so mm -hmm. it's strange to do a movie for netflix because then the advertising for a Netflix film is a little bit different than if you like if I and Mother had come out years ago in the theater, mm -hmm. I feel like it would have been a much bigger advertising sprawl and like your name would be larger in lights as opposed to okay. I'm not saying that Netflix does anything wrong with it. It's just a whole different no. venue. It's a different way of doing it's, it's things. It's streaming. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that in itself is fascinating because the movie is so well rated at this point. It's got, what is it like a ninety-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Something like, totally outrageous. Yeah, I know, yeah. and amazing. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see. And this would have been a question I would have asked you if the pandemic didn't happen. I would have been like, mm -hmm. "How's it been since? Like, like is it the like how's the attention been since? Have you had offers since I Am Mother? Are you getting?" really good interest because of it being on that streaming service the same way that you would get if it was in the theater and that's that's an interesting question you know what i mean yeah totally i mean it, it definitely has paid it definitely opened doors for me um and um people seem to be more aware that i actually exist um yeah. and which is nice in in the industry at least so um it it definitely has been uh helpful and advantageous uh 
Have you been getting uh, like a like a desk load of scripts about robots? <laughs> Uh, you know, I have been getting a lot of sci-fi. Uh, at least it's, it's it's calmed down now, but definitely after um, after it came out, there was a large stint of time mm-hmm. where that was. Uh, I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Uh, <laughs> and but, when you uh, when you look, so when you uh, read a script, when you go through these scripts, mm-hmm. what are you looking for? What is the thing that like jumps out at you? Gosh, I mean, there are many, I just think it's, it's really down to just being captivated and, and, you know, I read scripts where from the first two pages I'm hooked and I like have to keep reading Mm -hmm. and there's other ones where it takes, you know, a little longer and then it's, it, it grows and becomes this thing. But, um, I definitely think the ones that, that, that keep you that keep you hooked um, from early on in the writing is is what I definitely am looking for in like a, in a great script um, mm-hmm. and you know interesting characters um, who have like uh, um, if they have a good if the story has a good good message or if it's um, something that's actually happened like there's so many quirky weird things that happen out in this wild, wild world we live in. <laughs> and, um, and like stories need to be made and, and told. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those stories need to be told rather. So, um, yeah, I don't really know. I think just if it's good writing, good writing is honestly, you can't, you can, you can definitely, you can butcher good writing with, uh, you know, yeah the way in which you the execution but um it's hard to if there's a good foundation again it's it's um that's what excites me for sure it's definitely the toughest part being a director that doesn't i mean when i started my my world i would write out of necessity not necessarily Mm -hmm. out of talent so in the beginning it was just like i gotta you know and so it took me a few years, but now I've teamed up with a really great writer, really great writing folks, and it really changes the game because the when you're reaching out to talent, it's it's difficult. It's not like they're shipping me out. It's not like mm-hmm. I show up and sitting. I'm sitting on your desk, and I'm like, let me tell you about me, and let me tell you about this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a physical, yeah, copy or digital copy of. of this, you really got to be in the room, yeah, and and yeah. express. It's like always when I speak to a director about the script, that's also, that's really when I get hooked and convinced and like excited about it. Cause it's like, it's, um, I would always compare it to like your teachers in school, you know, you would have your teachers who really did not give a flying <laughs> F about what they were teaching mm-hmm. and you, it doesn't rub off on you and you're not excited about it. So you, you, you don't care, mm-hmm. but when they're passionate, like it doesn't even matter. Like I, I, I used to not be into mathematics, but I remember having this one teacher who literally was so obsessed, like literally obsessed mm-hmm. with it. And and you can't help but look and listen. Mm-hmm. And um, that was very much the same. Like when I spoke to Grant about I am mother, when we spoke on, I think it was Skype actually before Zoom and everything else <laughs> that's been happening the past year. Um, and I just remember being like, this is just so excited after that, uh, after that talk. 
because I could see that this was this was his baby. You know, this is his passion project. Yeah. Um. So yeah, for sure. It's it's fascinating. I'm I'm reading this really. You might find this interesting because you're big into psychology. I'm reading. Uh, this really great book right now called Talking to Strangers by uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I have not read. Is it not, worth And I shouldn't say read. I'm listening to it on Audible. <laughs> uh, you're still reading a book. You know? yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can go about your day and do other things. Yeah, you're... that's pretty much the reason why. So I'm, yeah. I'm listening to it. But it's fascinating. And, and from a, the same way you're sort of obsessed with... Uh, the psychology behind a character, I'm also visually obsessed with how we process um, strangers and how we process human beings and what like totally. what body language means. And whenever I block out a film or if I'm blocking out a scene, I'm always going, okay, who has control of the scene when we start and who has control of the scene when we end? When we end, yeah. And what is, what is the visual representation of this and how can I show the volley of control. Like I did a film called 12 Cam, which I shot um, in Russian. So I shot the entire wow. movie in the Russian language. I don't speak Russian. So <laughs> it was quite it was quite a challenge that I gave myself. Um, but my move was I wanted to do a film that even though it had subtitles, because I know most Americans hate reading subtitles. Yep, yep. Even yep. if it has subtitles, I want you to completely understand just by the body language and the visual language exactly what's going on. What's going on? I love that. What a cool yeah. experiment. I'll have to send it to you. I think you'll dig yeah, it. Yeah, please but do. I would love it. The the uh, really interesting portion of that, I think a lot of folks forget this as they're making movies these days because I, 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 scripts are incredibly important, but I think everybody gets obsessed with like serials and stories and dramas and and there hits a point where you go, guys and girls, this is a, a fucking visual medium. This is what mm. we're doing here. We're telling yeah. stories with pictures. So yes. how do I convey this emotionally with pictures? And this book is so fucking fascinating about it because it talks about, it talks about how we as humans uh, read people's faces and how we as humans yes. read people's emotions mm -hmm. and how we take for granted that we think that a specific facial feature and and uh, like if someone looks scared to us, mm -hmm. that means to everybody that that's scared. And I'm going to screw this up because I'm terrible at quoting books. But they were saying that they were doing a study, I think it was in Spain or Brazil, with kids. And they were showing them like five or six different pictures of, of emotions, like yeah. anger face, scared face, et cetera, et cetera. And then apparently there were a few of these islands on the planet where the residents of that island are completely detached from technology, from social media, from all that shit. Yeah. And, and so they would take these same photographs over there, which you and I would look at and go, that's the screen, that's scared. And they'd take it over and show these people and they'd go, that's angry. Right. And you're like, fascinating. So, that's so interesting. Right. I know, like the way in which like circumstantially, how do we, mm -hmm. culturally and circumstantially, how do we read emotions and and facial expressions and gestures yeah and he gets even so different he gets even deeper in, in the book about it because he's talking about how judges so like if you're uh going to go to trial if you're uh arrested for something and you want to post bail you have to go in front of a judge and mm -hmm. apparently what most judges do is they're like i have to see you face to face i have to look into the face of this person 
and decide whether or not I think they're going to run or decide whether or not I think they're going to get out of here and go stab their wife. So I need to look at them in their eyes and, and, and do this. And they did a test or they did an experiment where they gave a bunch of these judges cases, like a thousand or something cases to an AI, to an actual computer program. Wow. And the AI just went through the facts and went through the, the paperwork and the AI apparently, I think the judges failed by only getting like, I'm going to screw these numbers up, but it was like 30% or 25% correct of who should go on, who should get bail or not. And the AI is, scored it like 95. I know. It's, it's scary. It is so scary. It's crazy, right? <laughs> oh, they're all taking over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to die. <laughs> but the, the thing that was really fat, I mean, sure, I can go, I can go deep into Skynet and all that crazy. Yeah, AI for stuff. sure. It's an endless hole. But the thing that was fascinating about it was that what we assume to work so well as humans is mm. the ability to read someone else's face and be the ability to read someone else's body language. Yeah. And it's proven that's not- what separates us, you know, or seemingly is what we would, right. would think. But it but it isn't. It's kind of not working the way that we think it is. I know. And the other interesting thing is without getting too deep in this, the other interesting thing is that Apparently, human beings default to trust at first. Right. And yeah. If we, if we didn't, society wouldn't work. It's a fascinating book. I need to read this. Yes. I, I really, really do. I just want to keep talking about it, but I'll just read the book, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's super <laughs> cool. I think you'll dig it. So interesting. How are you on time? What are we at? Uh, okay, we're almost an hour. Are you doing okay? You got somewhere to go? I am just chilling. Mike, it's a pandemic. Okay. I, you know, I know you're busy. You're a busy person. <laughs> you got some hiking to do. You got some hiking to do. I got some you groceries got some, to order. <laughs> you got some lists of people to eventually Gosh. take with you on a bar safari to do. I mean, we are so blessed. What are we talking about? This is just <laughs> insane. And just nonsense talk that we get to even talk this way. So, uh, what, so tell me about you. What do you do for fun? Like, what is, what is your, like, what is what your hobby? What do you do? What do you, what do you do for fun? Um... You know, I've taken up uh, a bunch of hobbies. I think, as as everyone probably has in uh, in the pandemic, I've started knitting. I have uh, mm-hmm. started boxing. Okay. I um, have painted and you know baked my fair share of banana loaves. I was going to say, you uh, you a sourdough person now? Are you posting that stuff on Instagram all the time? I'm not <laughs> quite a sourdough person. I wish I was, Mike, but I um. The starter, for some reason, is yeah. just too is is too daunting for me to even yeah think about. There's also, I want I want my bread now. You know, I don't want it like <laughs> seven days. I want it now. <laughs> uh huh. That's very true. That's very true. There's a reason why a lot of people share like their 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 mother is what they call that. Their mother, like their starter kit. Their mother, exactly. Oh. There's a reason why people like really take care of those things and if you're lucky and you know someone that has a good one that will give you a piece of it that's the thing yeah it's all shared around mm-hmm. like there's a whole community of sourdough makers out there just mm-hmm. it's like a little virus same language it's like a little virus <laughs> exactly uh-huh. that's cool uh, and what do you cool. what are you watching these days you watching anything cool so i actually have been keeping a list um of the movies that i've watched over the course of the pandemic um so some of my favorite ones that i watched um 
I watched, well, that, this was actually in the, in the, in the theaters, in the cinema, um, before mm-hmm. the lockdown, uh, I watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I was just absolutely blown away by, obsessed mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched uh, Little Children with Kate Winslet. Oh, and, I, didn't get, uh, I didn't get to see that. Was it good? I, it literally has sat with me ever since. Hmm. Um, so highly, highly recommend that one too. I've gotten into like a a big um, PTA hole as well of just mm-hmm. watching all of his stuff. Um, I watched Punch Drug Love. I watched The Master. There will be blood. Oh, Uncut nice. gems. Literally just. Oh, it sounds like an uplifting. <laughs> up, uplifting time. I don't know why. I guess this was like after I had um, watched all of the. I watched Love on the Spectrum. Yep. Um. All of the, all the escapism. I, I for sure got that in. Don't you worry. And then, <laughs> whenever I was like, I felt too guilty about escaping all the time. I'd be like, Hey, I got to sit down and watch something good. Yeah, I mean, his stuff. Is, then, I went back recently and watched Boogie Nights again. God damn it, that movie. I that is still the one that I have not seen. Oh, you should watch it. It's fantastic. There's so I many know. great performances in that movie. And the uh, camera work in the movie is just like, oh, it's so good. I know. It's like this, the one thing I've, I've realized as well is the one thing that makes me very aware that I'm in L.A. other than like the palm trees and the, <laughs> the sunshine is, mm-hmm. um, is the fact that I really have not seen anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone's always just calling you out. They're like, oh, they don't even call you out. They do it in this like very... Um, Passive aggressive way. Passive aggressive, or <laughs> with a sweet like tone of like, oh my good, wow, you haven't. That's wow, you haven't seen that. Well, that yeah, yeah. Really... Stop judging me. Stop like, judging. Stop it, please. I'm Danish. <laughs> I know nothing. Um. Yeah, yeah no, I'm from the East Coast. I'd be like, what the fuck? Stop judging me. I'll see <laughs> yeah. it. Send me a link. I'll watch. Send it. me a link then. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, do something. Instead yeah, of judging me. Yeah, uh, I don't have all the streamers. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your login then. Uh, I've been I've been digging deep too. Like um, I actually I actually subscribed to the Criterion Channel finally. Oh my goodness, so so good, channel. so good. And I've been digging deep, and I like it feels like you're doing homework to sometimes because you're like, okay, this is gonna take some work. I get into this mood, um, <laughs> but when you do, you forget that you just have to get over that initial. You know, because there's a lot of young listeners on the show, and I'll suggest things, and they go, "Yeah, but it's in black and white." And I'm like, "Okay, grow up." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. You, you, figure, you, you, you can get you over. You can definitely, that. you can definitely get over that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. they're so amazing. I watched. Like, tell me which ones did you watch well, on Criterion d- that you were that really sat with you, stuck with you? Well, these days I've because I'm planning out another flick. So these days I'm really digging into Kurosawa. So I'm like going oh, deep nice. into that stuff specifically. You know, samurai movies, you see a samurai movie, they're kind of basically the same thing. But the thing I love about Kurosawa is that he's a blocking genius. And so right. the ability that he has to take a room full of 50 extras and have a group of people sitting around one talent in the center mm-hmm. of that room, and that one talent will say something and that entire room will react. That to yeah, me is accordingly super is- cool impact yes so so cool uh and and like the way that he would have his actors which i think that if you looked at a cold today you'd go uh maybe is that weird is that goofy but 
I like how he has his actors over exaggerate. And so everything, yeah, it's very stylized. I yeah, haven't seen it, but I, I definitely need to go down that rabbit hole too. It's once you get over it, once you're just like, okay, there's a bunch of samurai movies. If you get over that and you get right. into the craft behind it, his stuff is just awe inspiring. Um, and he has one movie. What is it called? I'm going to fuck it up. Hold on a second. It's like Ichi or something, and it's fantastic. And it's about each. Um, why does that on. ring a bell? Hold on. Let, let, I'm going to. Here we go again. Hey, everybody. Here we listen, go again. Back listen, on the old Googs. Listen to us fucking Google. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. So, uh, let's see. Hold on a second. Here. The killer? No, it's Ikiru. So it's called. It's, yeah. it's translated to To Live. And it was like a 1952 movie. And basically, the one liner is. Uh, the character suddenly finds that he has terminal cancer. He vows to make his final days meaningful. It's beautiful. This you know movie what? is beautiful. They're, I don't know if, I, I think I, like, I think they're making a remake of this. No way. Really? I think they are. I think they're making a remake because um, I've watched a part of this. For an audition. <laughs> oh, so there's a script going around. We won't there's give away anything, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's very cool. But that this movie's so cool. this movie's really phenomenal. And there's a great scene in this film. I don't know if you saw it, but it, there's a great scene in this film where he is out with this woman, and they're in this jazz club, and they're shooting essentially from the band perspective. And it's fascinating mm -hmm. to see like the '50s Japan. Um, doing jazz and so like that yeah so you're in this vibe where you're like weird this is kind of cool for japan <laughs> and then you're from this perspective of the band and he has like this amazing shot down on the floor and he has all these extras it's got to be hundreds of extras just all crammed in on each other and dancing and our main characters are just right in the center of it and it's beautiful that sounds yeah stunning very different type of um of uh i guess just like Art in general, um, well, or like a very different type of uh, just movies. Yeah, yeah, and, and honestly, I think it's because I'm craving it. This is what I've been telling the people that are doing my flick. I'm like, we got to make a movie that have people in it and people that are hanging out in it because we've all mm -hmm. been trapped in our little prison cells for a year right now. And the last <laughs> thing I want to do is watch another movie about someone trapped in a prison cell. I want to yeah. see people hanging out. I want to see people interacting with each other. I want to connect. You know, exactly. That's true. I want to be out there dancing with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. But watch <laughs> watch that one and then watch High and Low. High and Low is Right. Yes. I, that is actually on my list. Um, you need to send me your list because I feel like you would. Uh, I'll have a list for you. Yeah, I'll send you a list of stuff to go check out. <laughs> okay. I, like, I'm getting real nerdy now because they, they're doing a collection on the Criterion channel right now on uh, uh, Tokyo Noir. In like uh, like uh, Japanese gangster movies from like wow. the seventies and sixties, and that stuff is fascinating too. So it's cool, cool shit. Cool shit. Cool shit, man. Cool <laughs> shit. <laughs> I know. I uh, I need to get on board that. Yeah, it's just fun. It, There's and, just too much to watch, you know. Yeah, I know. There's too much. Yeah, but, I, but a lot of it, you know what? I'm going to say the controversial thing here. A lot of it sucks. So. <laughs> Let's go, let's dig back. Most of the time, when I see let's something, find the gold. Exactly. Go to the influencers. Go to the place 
Like, if you like Star Wars, go mm-hmm. watch Magnificent Seven. Go watch Seven Samurai. Go watch yeah. the movies that influence those guys because they basically do a schlockier job at what the original of what was. was already made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if if you're someone at home that's like, well, I can only do it if the tomato meter is good. Uh, Akira has a 98%, okay? So... Okay. It, so you can do it. <laughs> that's me. It's straight on my list. Straight on my list. <laughs> there we go. Uh, look, I... I think I think we're we're pushing the limits of the show right now. I I have to just say this: it has been a pleasure to laugh with you all day. Oh, such a pleasure! Thank you so so much for for also forcing me to do this. I was um, scared I wasn't going to be able to to say anything. Oh that come would, on, uh... man! It's just a conversation. That's it. <laughs> it's that's... just a convo. That's yeah, and it. you're very cool. Thank you so much for for being awesome. And for oh, well, thanks. the great conversation and for having well, me on board. You know, I, like I, I, I've always said, I work in the business. I understand how crazy this shit is. And I also know that most of the time when people come on and do these things, they're promoting something. And, and I love the fact that you're not on promoting something. It's just you and me talking about the business. Yes. And it's just fun. And that, that's kind of why I wanted to get you on was just to be like, you seem cool. Yes. Let's find out if you're cool. <laughs> Let's figure it out. Yeah. You let me know the verdict later. I'll let you know. I'll let you know what the the tomato meter says. Yes. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Uh, But before I let you go, I always ask this of my guests, uh, because there's a lot of young people listening to the show, uh, to give a little bit of advice. And based upon what it is that we've been talking about, Let's say this. Okay, so it's the first time that you're walking onto a big set. It's the yes. first time that you're you look around and there's a steady cam operator and there's like 15 people standing around, you don't know what the fuck they're doing and you're supposed to do this. It's day 1. Where it's do you go? One. How you're do you terrified? Deal? You're yeah, shaking you, in your boots. How do you deal with it? Um you know the 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 thing that I wish I had told myself uh, in the beginning. And obviously I'm still such a, I'm very, very, very green. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it's just, it's okay. It's okay not to know what the hell you're doing. You know, just, um, put in the work and ask questions, like literally ask everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously have faith in what you're doing is, is, um, is contributing to this team effort. Because it really is, that's what it is. And everyone's here to make the best thing possible. Um, so just, yeah, trust. Trust that everyone's there for you on your side. And just just ask questions, right? <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the most important thing here. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And, and just kick some butt. <laughs> there it is. Kick <laughs> some butt. Is. Kick some butt. And that is our show. How cool was that? That was a great conversation. I had a feeling that I was going to get along with her. I had a feeling that we shared a lot of the same interests. 
it says a lot that she's big into Criterion and she's listening, watching those Criterion movies. And her list of movies, I feel like she probably did her homework a little bit and tried to put that list together. It seemed cool on the show, but we test her. <laughs> she's actually cool in real life. And I got, a, I got a little bit of hint from that from Grant. So thank you so much, Clara, for being on the show. Thank you guys for listening. And as like I said at the beginning of the, of the podcast, it's about personal connections. This business is about making connections. Um, and who knows? Maybe someday her and I will work together. Maybe someday we won't. But I felt like we made a great connection over the, the course of, what, an hour and change on the show. Uh, and just remember that. As we, as all of us little nerds, our little fucking filmmaking nerds and our antisocial little goth nerds out there that are like drawing on a piece of paper and they don't like to hang out with people this business is about what today's episode is about finding someone that has got talent finding someone that is smarter than you with a lot of different things and then finding that connection deciding whether or not you want to spend hours upon hours on set with them and more importantly if you want to spend thousands of hours in post-production staring at their face right and I would say this, I would love to have her in front of one of my cameras. So, hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening. And as always, you will see me here next Tuesday. <laughs>